Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would like to give a quick thanks to our Tier 5 channel members and patrons. Fallen Angel, Buzz Killington. Thank you again. Now on to the story. Story Double One, A Debt to Pay, written by Algy Father Anthracite. The man sat alone in his office. He ran a hand over his bald head and took a deep breath. He stood and walked to the bar. Putting a single ice cube in each glass, he poured two glasses of scotch. He set one on the front edge of his desk and then sat down in his chair, slowly swirling the glass he held, taking the occasional sip. The door opened and a figure came in, tall and lean, wearing an impeccably cut suit. He could only be described as beautiful. Olive skin, dark curly hair and chiseled features, he looked like a model. He sat in the one of the chairs facing the old man, and took the scotch. You aren't going to make a scene, are you? Asked the man in the suit. I have a debt to pay, and I'll pay it. I just want to let you know you helped me do a lot of good in this world. Not that it means anything to you. The old man stood up and set his scotch on the desk. He buttoned his suit and said, So, how do we do this? Nothing dramatic. We just go through the door said the younger, looking mad. It'll take us to your final destination. But I have to ask you, why? Why would you squander all that money? You had everything in the world, and you're going to die penniless. My mother worked three jobs to feed us. She died at sixty, having put us all through school. Broke. I promised I would do everything I could to prevent that from happening again to someone else. So I spent all those billions setting up social programs, scholarships, community outreach. It wasn't enough, but it was something. My soul is a small price to pay for the thousands and thousands of lives made better by the work I did. The work you funded. The old man smiled. Melancholic memories flashed across his mind. The youth he spent in the slums. The mother too tired to do anything but work. The children he sent to school. The new doctors and lawyers thanking him for the opportunity he gave them. He would miss them, but he regretted nothing. I am a man of my word. Let's go. The beautiful man stood up and walked to the office door. The old man took a deep breath and turned the knob. As the door swung open, another young man, just as beautiful as the first, stood in the hallway. Hello, Luce. There's been a change of plans. He's coming with me. The new man seemed almost the opposite of the beautiful man. Straight, blonde hair, pulled in a loose ponytail, fair skin and fuller, slightly rounder features, but no less a model. The dark man growled. Here's mine. We have a contract. It's true. I signed it. I have a debt to pay, said the old man. 
The two young men both turned and looked at him, both quite shocked. What? said the fair man. The dark man just stood there with his jaw slightly open. No one ever wanted to keep up their end of the deal. Ever. Ever! See what I mean? We can't just let this one go. Sorry, old bean, the fair man said. The dark man growled under his breath. His features got drawn and caught. His mine, he roared. The fair man stood tall, seeming to tower many feet over the other two. He was never yours. None of them are. The voice that came out did not sound the same as the one he normally spoke in. The old man stood shocked. The dark man snarled. He looked at the old man, scowling. He reached into his coat and pulled out a contract. He threw it on the ground and it burst into flame. The old man just stared at the pile of ash left behind. The dark man disappeared in a flash. The old man looked at the fair man. I don't understand. I made a deal. The higher-ups have renegotiated. The old deal is void. Come along. There is much to be done. Your debt is paid. You've been paying it your whole life. End of story. Story number two. Neuroplasticity. Written by Algie Waller Anthracite. In the long history of the Alliance, there has never been a race more suited for exploration and the Planet Survey Corps than Terrans. From their ability to survive in a wide variety of environments, to their indifference to atmospheric and tectonic activity, everything about them was almost perfectly suited to encountering new environments. The home world has a high gravity, is populated from deserts to arctic environments, with disregard for the weather or tectonics, and their hobbies include off-road biking, rock climbing, rappelling, snorkeling, scuba diving, spelunking, and cross-country skiing. Their homeworld was practically a training facility for exploration. In fact, the PSC Harsh Environment Training takes place on Earth. There are, of course, many races who excel at all of these activities. There are races that are stronger, or faster, or more well adapted to a particular environment and conditions. But only humans had it all. Only a human could go to the frozen wasteland and gear up to go swimming in the water that would be lethally cold to any other species. And that same human could climb up a rock face and hike or ski down a slope on the other side, across kilometers of rough terrain. It was well known that while any ship's crew with a human on board was statistically more likely to arrive in port by a slim but measurable margin, and we had always assumed it was down to human problem-solving, which is one of their many skills. It turns out there is more to it than that. One of the truly strange things that humans do, beyond merely existing on a Class 12 planet, is that they drive. Automobiles, or cars, or Renix save me, motorcycles. They drive these at speeds that most of the Alliance races would view as suicidal. In fact, humans still lose many people a year to traffic accidents. Even though a lot of driving is done by computer control now, still every human is taught to operate the basic motor vehicle for a variety of reasons. But the reason humans can do this is because they can process visual data more quickly than most races. They get 
tunnel vision and focus on the things that matter and ignore the rest of the visual noise, focusing only on what's pertinent. But again, there is more to it than that. Humans can deal with a wide variety of stimulational stimuli, noise, both visual and oral, smells, temperatures, and other environmental stimuli. Watch a human try to accomplish a task in an unfamiliar, chaotic environment. It's truly breathtaking, from a physiobiological standpoint. Given an assumption of safety, a human will complete any task regardless of noise, poor light conditions, precipitations, extremes of heat or cold, high winds, animal interference, practically anything. Given the presumption of no safety, their productivity is the same conditions doesn't change nearly as much as, say, a brenf. They possess an innate ability to ignore danger to accomplish a task. Obviously, I refer only to the implied or imminent threat as opposed to an actual present of danger. The possibility of danger may exist to a human, but unless it presents as an actual danger, humans can basically pretend it isn't a problem until they are able to focus solely on a threat. This is also a piece of a puzzle as to why humans are so good as explorers. There are a few other strange quirks of human biology that make them good as members of the Planetary Survey Corps. They can operate in almost any biome without having to worry about vast majority of toxins. As most planets that develop life, usually don't have such competitive environments that strong toxins are required. Aside from Earth, only a handful of planets have been found with naturally occurring toxins that would harm a human, and they are all class 10 and above. The same can be said for microbiomes. Essentially, humans are already immune. The thing that really makes humans excel at exploring, though, is something they refer to as neuroplasticity. Humans never stop being able to form new neural pathways, though the ability diminishes over time, or, sadly, with some diseases. But an adult human is capable of learning to operate new equipment well past the midpoint of their lives. They can learn new languages comparatively smoothly, except where physiology prohibits it. They can learn to perform tasks and procedures, and with some time, can even deal with variations and disruptions with little or no guidance. Humans can learn to function in a new environment more easily, and with greater speed, than any other race. This is the thing that truly cements humanity's place in the PSC, and it is a combination of all of these traits that enable them to increase their success rate of space travel. Aside from a rather diminutive size, compared to other races, Humans are almost perfectly suited for the rigors and challenges that almost any environment can provide. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.